Welcome to another powerful message recorded live at Christ Encounter Ministries in Longobon. We trust that you'll be truly encouraged and blessed by this message. I want to share with you a verse before we start. And then I'm just going to pray for us. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. And this is Paul speaking. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Isn't that amazing, family? Isn't that amazing that in, in our weakness, in everything that we do, God, His power is made perfect in our weakness. And that's just amazing. And with that family, I just want to pray for us. And I want to start this word off in the right way. And, and Father, I step right now into the role of being your mouthpiece. And in my weakness, your power is made perfect. So Father, I become less and you become more. Father, I thank you for the wonderful privilege it is to be your mouthpiece today. I thank you for your sufficient grace over my life, for by your grace I was saved. And Father, I know that I have a great responsibility to stand to there and be the mouthpiece of your word, Father. So right now, upon every spirit of self-righteousness, every spirit of fear, every spirit of uncertainty, every spirit of self-promotion in the name of Jesus. And Father, right now, I become less and you become more. So speak in and through me now. And teach your children, Father, and show them who you are. Amen. Amen. Family, I want you guys to declare this after me. Father, speak to me now. Show me who you are. I am listening. My spiritual ears are open. And my heart is receptive to you. Only that which you, Holy Spirit, want to say to me today. Amen. Amen. Today's title is Who is First? And family, it is a very interesting question indeed because it can mean a lot of different things in a lot of different situations. And I, I, want, to, I want to share with you a few examples. And it can be a question then that can create a bit of concern in some of you. For example, if a teacher asks you, okay, so who's up first doing their oral exams? And I think that's one of the most dreaded questions a student wants to hear. And the Bible college students know what I'm talking about. The second year students know what I'm talking about. Because not long ago I asked them that question. And uh, I remember the faces. I remember the faces. Um, some of them either lit up because they uh, were ready for it. And some and most... We're not that comfortable speaking in front of people. And, you know, it can be a question that can uh, instill a bit of fear in you. And even though you prepared, even though you made sure that you know all your words, it can be a question that 
can instill a bit of fear in you. Or we get to the question, the Christmas present question. Who is first? And that obviously is speaking about, you know, who gets to open up their presents first? And, uh, and normally, I don't know how it works in, in your families and if you do it, but um, normally it's the youngest. So it's not that applicable to us nowadays um, because all of us are a bit older. And by that, I don't say that anybody is old. Um, I need to stop doing that. <laughs> I need to stop doing that. But family, it can be a question that really, you know, creates some happiness in a child of who's first going to open up their present. And then we get to the more deeper one. We get to the more deeper one of who is first in terms of our family. Who is first in terms of our work. And we need to sort of balance our work time and our family time. And you know everything that life has just given us. We need to sort of balance it and we need to prioritize how is this going to work out. And I know, family, that in today's day, there is a big struggle for many people to be able to do that. And I, I know that even with all these three questions, and I mean it's simple questions that I ask you and examples that I set for you, every single one of you got a very different experience of that question. And right now you experience that question very different to someone else because of your worldview, because of how you grew up. But now it begs the question, is there a correct answer then? If everyone's sort of getting a different experience, the question now is, is there a correct answer to this question of who is first? Or maybe, maybe we should change the question rather to who comes first and family by changing just one word the whole meaning of this question changes and we ultimately change our whole perception and our whole perspective of how we're going to answer that question amen and more specifically family we're either going to be able to answer it with the truth or if it's a wrong constructed question, we're going to have a disrupted answer. And family, the question of who is first is just too vague, but the question of who comes first is very determined and very deliberate. And the Word of God says that the way we use words can and will ultimately steer our lives in a direction that is not, in, sorry guys, steer our lives in a direction even, that is not, even if that is not our intended direction. With the outcomes of our life ultimately being determined by the words which we use. And James 3 verse 3 it says, If we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide the whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a small rudder wherever the will of the pilot 
direct. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. And family, with that, our tongues may be small, but, but like a rather can direct a massive ship, or a, or a bridle can direct a powerful horse, our words has the power to change the trajectory of our lives completely, leading you either into your destiny and closer to God, or further away from your destiny and further away from God. And further away from a relationship with God. Let's look at Proverbs 18 verse 21 in the Amplified. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And this is further backing up this statement family. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Family say this, either in life or death, I will bear the consequences of my words. Luke 6 verse 45. The good man produces what is good and, honor and honorable and moral out of the good treasure in his heart. And the evil man produces what is wicked and depraved out of the evil. From his mouth speaks, or for his mouth speaks, from the overflow of his heart. And family, that from is quite interesting. It doesn't say that we just speak randomly. It says that we speak from the overflow of what is in our heart. So the question begs, family, what do we put in our hearts? What do we put in our hearts and then because of that overflow, there's words coming out of our mouth. And family, that is very, very important to understand that. And I hope that you guys get a revelation of that. And so family, according to what we just read in Proverbs 18 and in Luke, the tongue has the power of life and death. But when we speak the word of God with Christ in us, that power, it becomes the authority of God. When we speak the word of God with Christ in us, we have the authority of God. Isn't that amazing? And our words then have the power to create or destroy. Family, when we speak the word of God with the authority of God, we release words wrapped in the power of God. And that's amazing to think about it. And family, why would I say that? If we look at John 1 verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and this is incredible. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and this is the, the crux spot. And the darkness has not overcome it. Amen, family. Colossians 1 verse 15. And now John 1 verse 1 
And Colossians 1 verse 15, for me personally, is really sort of the same verse. And I'm going to explain it to you now. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him. Bef- he is before all things. That, so this is where the overflow comes. He needs to be f- before all the speech that we give in how we conduct our lives. And in, in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn of among the dead. Why is all this? So that in everything... He might have the supremacy. Amen. And family, I, I went and looked up the definition of supremacy. And I was actually blown away by, by it. It says this, The state or condition of being superior to all others, to all others in authority, power, or status family this clearly means this clearly means that the word of god holds the authority it holds the supremacy over any and everything in the whole creation so it brings me to my question of who comes first and i want you guys to just try and wrap your brains around that truth from the heart, we speak what is overflowing from our hearts. So the question is, what do we put in there? If it says in Colossians 1 verse 15, that in Him, or He holds everything together in Him. Your whole life, everything that you are, everything that you do, Jesus is holding that together by his word and through the supremacy and the authority that he rightly deserves and so family this means that in every situation with every decision we make if you speak the word of god with christ in you then and only then will god be able to direct you into the promises for you And the same way we walked into a room, which is dark. I mean, if you walk into a room where you can't see, you immediately switch on the light. Because light has the authority. It has the outright authority over darkness. Amen. That's just amazing to think about it, family, in the same way in our lives. The moment there is a place where we need to switch on the light, we need to make sure that that comes first. Not our own plans, not our own thinking, not what we want to do. We need to switch on the light first. Amen? Colossians 1 verse 15. He is before all things and in Him all things hold together. He is before all things and in Him all things hold together. So family, 
My question is, who comes first? In your life right now, who or what comes first? Or second? Or third? Or fourth? Or fifth? Who is first in your life? If you, can we just be real with one another? If you look at your life in this moment, at this stage, or look at your past week even, if you want to, weigh your time of prioritizing Christ with all your other priorities. And let's consider, where does your priorities lie? And perhaps, if they need to change. If you look at your life, family, and you weigh the amount of time that you spend in your daily life with God, actually dedicated prayer and worship with God, and how many time do you spend with all the other things of the world? Is it your work, your family? Who comes first? Maybe your hobbies, your own self-interests. Perhaps it's your friends or that Saturday date with the TV. Maybe it's your Facebook page. You know those likes, likes, the poking, super poking. I don't know what you get else in there. Maybe it's your Instagram. But family, is Jesus Christ even on that list? Can we just be real with one another? And family, I'm, listen guys, I'm speaking to myself as well this morning. Because there's more than we can give to God than just the time that's left over of our day. We need to give Him first all our time. First. We first switch on the light if it's dark and we walk into a room. But the question is, is He more like a, you know, those 911 calls type of person for you? Do you only go sit at His feet when you are in need or you have trouble? Or are you really sitting at the feet of Jesus? Are we honestly looking to God more times than not? Or are we just sort of letting Him in when we need Him and when we need something from Him? Are we devoted for a week? And family, we used to call the many churches have this big thing going on on a Sunday morning. And it's like this spiritual high. And everyone is, you know, we, we sold out for Jesus. And you know, you're riding that spiritual high with the rest of the church. Only for you to go home the next day or even that evening and not really giving your time to God. Family, we need to be real with one another. If we think about that spiritual life, maybe you heard some awesome message from this big shot pastor, or you've heard something that's so cool and it blew your mind. But if you go back home, we're not really spending the time at the feet of Jesus. And then we wonder, where he is. And then we wonder where he is. 
And family, with all these examples, we know which of these takes up most of our time. In work, family, your hobbies, your friends. But the word says in Matthew 15 verse 8. And this really convicted me, family. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That's a big one, family. That's a big one. Revelation 2 verse 4. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. And this is talking about the love the church had for God at first. Revelation 2 verse says, But I have this against you, that you have abandoned that love you first had. My question is, family, where do you find yourself in this category? And I don't want to condemn you. This is to convict you. Are you honoring God just with your lips, but your heart is far from Him? Have you abandoned the love that you first had for God? Have you abandoned it? But I'm here to tell you, family, today it's time that you lose your life it's time to lose your life it is time to become less so God can become more it's time that we need to put ourselves second and God first family say this with me I am second do you realize what that means? Matthew 10 verse 38 to 39 this is what that means. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who is not willing to take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake, says the Lord, We'll find it. Family, I know that each and every one of you are sitting here today because there's a divine appointment with God. And He's telling you today that if you lose your life for His sake, you will find it. And He will not reject you. And family, this scripture promises us that if we surrender our lives to Christ, we will find our lives, we will find our purpose, we will find our fulfillment that we so dearly long for. Everybody is driven to, what is my purpose on this earth? I think it's the most common asked question in our, uh, human society today. What is my purpose? Why am I here? This scripture promises us the peace of God. This promise that we will find the peace of God. And apart from a life surrendered to Christ's family and pursuing what we think is life, we will end up losing our lives. We will end up losing our lives for all eternity. For all eternity. And I don't know about you, but that frightens me. 
that frightens me to think that if I'm not willing to take up my cross and follow Jesus, I will lose my life for all eternity. There's no turning back. And family, everything we will ever need or ever want is found in a life surrendered to Jesus. It's not just through lip service or through religious service, but it's about a heart service. There's a saying in that you can see a man's character by what he does behind closed doors. And family, that's heart service. What are we giving to God when all this is done? When all this nice worship and when all this nice sayings and scriptures, when all this is done, when we walk out here and when we don't get to have this every single day, what is happening then? What is happening then? in our life do we really give God the service that he so greatly deserve and family everyone is chasing rewards and treasures on earth the world is chasing treasures and worldly riches when the real treasure is living in relationship with Jesus Christ and our family, I do sincerely hope that you understand this. I do sincerely hope that you understand. And then this, this is not nonsense. How God is a real God. And we have seen Him work in this past month and even before we get to have the privilege of being here. Because family, this, this has been given by the hand of God. We are not here because of our own doing. We are here because God wanted us to be here. And we need to give Him our heart service. Our surrendered service to Him. Nothing else. And Matthew 13, verse 44, in the New Living Translation, it says this, and family, this is what we're searching for. This is what we want. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered and hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned. This means everything he owned, not just his car, or just sufficient amount of money to go and purchase that land. To get enough money to buy the field again. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he, dis when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. And that family is the kind of relationship that God wants us to have with him. And Jesus is showing us here in the scriptures how valuable it is in finding the true treasure in serving and knowing Jesus Christ. It is more valuable and fulfilling than everything that you could ever own or desire. Everything. And I know that many times our imaginations can run away with us. 
Was soll ich tun mit dem Leben? But family, how a God, how a God is more valuable than anything, than any, anything that you can ever dream of or think of or desire or want. He's bigger than that. And family, the question now really is, we know that God comes first. We know that Jesus comes first. We've seen that in the scriptures. But how do we put him first? How then do we get to that life that we've just been talking about? Well, by coming to church. By coming to church and be expectant not to receive, not to have an encounter with us or me or, or anything else, but to have an encounter with God and when you get in here when you walk through that door every morning be expectant and know that there's a meeting specially assigned just for you by God and I can promise you if you walk with the heart of that service God will blow your mind the second one is by having a dedicated prayer life and this is a big one, family. By having a dedicated prayer life. Not just your morning devotionals. Not just here and there. Having a dedicated prayer life. For every area in your life. Family, if you want to be prepared for your oral or for some business thing that you have to do. You make sure that you go through everything. Every possible way to make that business deal happen. And prayer is like that. It's our contract. If you pray the word of God, you are establishing that contract with God in that area of your life. And we need to make sure that we do it as often as we can. Amen. And then family, by fasting. How do you guys think I'm so skinny <laughs> fasting is difficult but family i can tell you if, if it is done with a heart if the right uh, with the right heart there's some incredible things that i've learned by fasting and i want to share one time i was in pretoria and my life was and that's that's a real mess by my own doings by my own doings and I fasted. I said to, I said to the Lord, listen, I can't do this anymore. You need to tell me where I need to go, what I need to do. And I fasted for two days. And for someone being the youngest of four boys, you know, when you get food, you make sure that you, you have enough. And it was a difficult it, and it was my first time that I really trusted God in fasting. And I can tell you, I'm standing here today. And that's why I say, by the grace of God, I'm standing here today. It's because of that fasting that God opened a door for me to come to Cape Town, to come to the West Coast. I promise you guys, 
And that's one of the most amazing things. And I can tell you, many people of you have fasted, have also that amazing testimony of fasting. And then family. The next one is by setting time apart for praise and worship. And we get to do that. We are creating a way for you tonight through, through the glory evening to set a time of praise and worship. And I do hope that you guys get to come. It's going to be immensely powerful. Why? Because God has an appointment with each and every one of us. And family, another, another one that we can do to make sure that we set God first is by setting time apart for reading the Word. And family, if you're like me, in a car, a lot, you know that you get version, and they have the sound, and they actually read it for you. You, j- you can just listen. There's many ways that we can overcome the obstacles in life. And telling us, all the obstacles telling us that we don't have time and this is not going to work and how I'm going to read my Bible while I'm driving or how this or how that. We don't have any excuses, family. We have all the technology we need. We have everything in our hands and we can do it. The question is, are you really committed to that? Are you really committed to that? And so, family, by closing... Again, my question is, who comes first? And I hope that today you can answer that. After we leave this service, I hope that you can answer that in your own personal life. And I hope that you understand that in order for you to get closer to God, you need, and listen carefully to me, family, you need to be prepared, you need to be prepared to change how you do life. We have to be willing. We have to be willing for God to do surgery on our hearts. And family, our God is so amazing. He doesn't just do surgery. He just gives us a new heart. Isn't that amazing? And family, I want to give you that opportunity today as we go into the salvation call. I want you to I want to give you the opportunity to get back or for the first time you get to that love you first had for God. I want to give you the opportunity to say, Lord, here I am. Use me for your kingdom's sake. Lord, here I am. I want to be your child. I want to lose my life for your sake so I can find my life. So I can find the true identity of who I am. And family, I'm going to read John 3, verse 1 to 3. And now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, And he was a member of the Jewish ruling council. Family, Nicodemus was the most high priest. He was the church. Everybody came to him. He was the rabbi. He was the teacher that everybody listened. 
And he asked Jesus. And he said, Rabbi, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher that has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And then Nicodemus asked him, But am I supposed to crawl up into my mother's womb? I'm an old man. God, Jesus wasn't talking about that. He was talking about a spiritual birth. And family, the Spirit Himself is going to testify with you after today that you are God's child. Romans 8 verse 16, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And that's, that's amazing, family, when you get to experience that. And Romans 10 verse 9, it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, it's that heart service that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And you might ask me, why do I have to declare with my mouth? Why do, why do I have to do all these things? Because it says in the Word that if you can't acknowledge me before men, I will not acknowledge you before my Father. And so family, with all that in mind, there's an opportunity for you. Because I know, I know that God is knocking on the door of your heart. Maybe you've drifted apart. Maybe you just need to rededicate your life. Maybe you need for the first time to experience the love that God has for you. And you have an opportunity to do that now. And family, we're going to go into a prayer, but I want, I want for those of you that are committed, that wants to live a life with Jesus and, and get to experience the love He has for you. Just slip up your hands. Nobody is looking. Everybody's eyes are closed. And just say, God, here I am. And you acknowledge Him. You acknowledge Him. Many hands are going up. Thank you, Father. I'll ask you again. I know there's many people that God is knocking on your door right now. And He says, My son, my daughter, let me in. If you want to let Him in, just slip up your hand. Acknowledge Him. Amen, family. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Family, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And for the benefit of everyone, you can just keep your eyes closed. For the benefit of everyone, I want everyone to pray this after me. Lord Jesus Christ, today 
I give you my life. Today, I lose my life for your sake. Father, come in now. The door of my heart is open. Holy Spirit, my heart is your home now. And I am your child. And I will live with you for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Family, and if you have prayed that prayer for the first time or the second time or the third time or the fourth time, you are a child of God, the Almighty God. And He is going to take you on a journey that you have never seen before. Because, family, I can tell you again, I've been on a journey. I know that Pastor Carl has been on a journey. I know that every single one of you has been on a journey that you have never seen before in your life. And we don't always quite get to understand it, but it's amazing. It's amazing to know that we get to sit at the feet of Jesus. Amen. And family, if you pray that prayer for the first time, congratulations. You are officially, I want to say one of us, you are officially a child of God. And there's some nice uh, salvation pamphlets. And just there's some scriptures on there. So if you don't quite understand what happened now, everything is on there. Um, or after the service, you can just come and speak to us. Family, please, I'm urging you guys to come to the glory evening tonight. It's going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing, I can tell you that. So family, I hope you enjoyed the service today. We are going to a close now. Thanks to our wonderful team. And uh, thanks to you guys. And thanks to Jesus. Amen. All right, family. We trust that you are truly blessed and encouraged by this message. If you would like to find out more about Christ Encounter Ministries in Longabon, please feel free to check out our website at christencounter.co.za.